0: Let's open our Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. For the next two Sunday mornings, we're going to look at just this idea of joy and of thanksgiving as we go into this season. Philippians chapter number 4. And leave your Bibles open this morning. We'll be uh, throughout Philippians um, this morning. But I want to read this one verse and uh, dive into this this morning. Philippians chapter number 4. And we're going to read verse number for Philippians 4 verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Can we read that aloud together this morning and say it with me? Ready? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Okay, we can do better. We're not Catholic. All right, let's try this again. Let's do better. Everybody together. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. Let's say it together. This is a verse we need to memorize. It's one that should be part of our lives. It's one that we're going to talk about in depth this morning. All right, ready? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We made it to Presbyterian level that time, so that's good. All right? No offense to the Presbyterians in the house this morning. Let's pray, and we'll dive in. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you that... Lord, even when it does not seem that you're at work, that you are. Lord, I thank you that we have purpose in, Lord, we have provision this morning in you. Lord, I pray for your word as it's taught and as it's preached this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would help us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. As Paul is writing here, uh, once again, guess where he's sitting? He's sitting in a prison cell. And the words that he pins in this text and all through the book of Philippians is this idea of rejoicing. I mean, he, he, he says it over and over again. Paul knew something about the struggle. We've studied Acts, we've talked about it in Colossians. Man, he knew what it was like to be persecuted, um, he knew what it was like to have some bad days, he knew what it was like to almost lose his life for the sake of the gospel. By the way a friend of mine uh, just this past week um, uh, it, it was killed in Iraq. He was there serving as an English teacher and as a preacher of the gospel. Left behind three little girls and one little boy. I've known him over 20 years and one of the things that he would uh, he would preach often is this. Is God has taught me to love my enemies and he lived what we're talking about now about rejoicing in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. You may even have seen it on the news this week, and man, his family left behind, and I, the thing that I thought about as I was thinking about this text and about us being here this morning, so often we we so often we take for granted so much in our lives, man, so often there's things that discourage us, and we've really, if we're not careful, we can really be soft. I'm talking about my man was in another country with people that hate us trying to tell them about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Man, that's pretty intense. Would y'all agree? I mean, that's, that's some real stuff. And, man, I was thinking about that this week, and I think, think about this, how often I get discouraged, and how often I get down, and how often it's hard for me to rejoice. And I want to just talk to us this morning about how, listen, all of us as believers this morning, man, joy, listen, joy should be, it should be central to the Christian life. For those of us that follow Jesus and for those of us that know the Lord, it should be, listen, it should be something that we are consumed with. It should be something that we're known for. Look at Philippians chapter number one. I want to read a lot of verses. The media team this morning asked me if we're going through the whole Bible, okay? So it's very possible this morning, okay? Philippians chapter number one. Hope you have some vacation time, all right? That's all I'm saying this morning. Not funny, okay. <laughs> Philippians chapter one, look at it. What then? Notwithstanding every way... Look at these words. Whether in pretense or truth, Christ is preached. And therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul in a prison cell. Look at verse number 26. Chapter 1, verse 26. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by coming to you again. Look at verse chapter 2, verse number 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I might rejoice in the day of Christ, that I've not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Verse 17, yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Look at chapter 3, verse number 1. Finally, my brethren, he's writing this from the prison, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you is safe. Look at, uh, and then, of course, one of the greatest verses in the Bible. We read it a while ago. Chapter 4, verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul uses this idea or this word of joy or rejoice 28 different times in his writing. Think about Paul. We know that he had some health issues going on of some sort. I mean, many believe that, of course, his eyesight, and he talks about that thorn in the flesh, and we don't know exactly what that is. There's been a lot of speculation on it, but, man, he had some health stuff going on. Man, he had some relationship stuff going on. He had some friends that forsook him. He had some persecution stuff going on, but over and over again in his life, he goes back to this thing, this idea, this word we've heard a lot in church word you'll see driving down the road in somebody's front yard over the next month. This word of joy. Man, he had true joy. Man, I, and I want to ask you this this morning. I want to ask you this question. Do you have true joy? Do you in your life right now have true joy? Can you say like Paul said in chapter 4, verse number 4, I can rejoice in the Lord always. Man, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's hard. <laughs> you ever, man, there's some times in my life where I haven't always felt like rejoicing. Man, there's some things that come into life sometimes that are hard. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, there's some things, man, that, man, are tough. Man, there's some people sometimes that can be tough. There's some family members sometimes that can be tough that, man, it's hard to have joy over, uh, over that relationship or over what's going on. Man, there's some health issues sometimes, Right? That, that can be tough. I mean, we struggle with that stuff. I mean, it's hard to rejoice. You know, in our minds, fleshly thinking, humanly speaking, earthly speaking, it's hard to rejoice when bad things happen. So how is a believer, even in spite of the prison cell, even in spite of the health issues, even in spite of the family disappointments, how can we rejoice? What does that look like for the believers? And the first thing that I want you to write down this morning is this. Something I've learned from Paul, something I learned from this text is this. Joy is a daily decision. It's not, and this is where we miss it, it's not a feeling. It's a decision. I'm sure as Paul sat in that prison cell, I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. Huh? Like, I'm sitting in a prison cell, I've got these chains on, oh, I'm just going to have some joy today. You know what I'm saying? No, he had to decide That, you know what, today, this is where I am. I can't necessarily change it. I'm going to have joy about it. And it's, it's him that writes this. Rejoice in the Lord. What's the next word? Always. Man, in the prison cell, in the health issue, in the bad times, in the good times, rejoice always. He is not making a suggestion here. This is an imperative statement. He is making a command. He's saying, hey, rejoice in spite of it rejoice and i think of what the psalmist said and i love this in the 150 50th psalm let everything that has breath what praise the lord as believers man no matter what we're going through it should be people that praise the lord wasn't it paul and silas in the midnight hour in prison guess what they did they prayed and they sang praises to God. Uh, Psalm 147 says this, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises unto our God for it is pleasant. It should be the norm for us as believers to daily have joy and one of the ways we can do that is through our praise and our worship to God. You ever wake up and it's already a bad day and you haven't even left your bedroom before? Am I the only one? Like the last three days, I had been up before my alarm went off. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh, I still got two or three more hours. I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to try to go back to sleep. And then guess what happens about five minutes later? <coughs> Pop up out of bed, and I'm already angry. Is anybody else like that sometimes? I Man, sometimes we just start out days bad. You know, one of the things that I found practically in my life is when I start out the day bad Sometimes I just need to, I need to check myself for a second, and I need to start thanking God. I need to start praising the Lord in my Listen, our gratitude or thankfulness to the Lord can be expressed individually through praise and worship personally. Paul, sitting in prison, things were not on the up and up, humanly speaking. But he had made a decision, listen right here, that no matter the circumstances... He was going to rejoice, he was going to praise, he was going to express his thankfulness to the Lord. Man, we are to rejoice. I, you know, we're to jo- rejoice individually. And I would encourage you to do that, man. If you feel like you have a bad day every day, I mean, one of the best things you could do is turn on some good music in the morning, worshipful music, start your day out praising the Lord, start your day out lifting Him up. That should be an individual thing. We should do that individually daily. But, you know, we should praise the Lord corporately. Let me read a couple of verses to you. Psalm the hundred. Psalm one hundred four says this: Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into the courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm thirty four three. Oh, magnify the Lord. Notice these words. Doesn't say alone, does it? The psalmist says what? Oh, magnify the Lord. What? With me. I mean, this corporate thing, brothers and sisters together, lifting up the Lord, and let us, I man, that's the plurality of it, exalt his name together. I mean, Psalm 34 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me individually, and he delivered me individually from all my fears. This idea of, of praise and worship is an individual thing, but it's also a corporate thing thing. Man, it's daily with us individually, and then as we gather together, it's God, God's plan corporately. Um, this, here's another one. You're having a bad day. Let me give you this one. Psalm one eighteen twenty four. 24. Some of y'all, next tattoo you get, this would be the one you get. Somebody help me this morning. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Man, I've had some days where I didn't feel that way. You know, even that bad day that you had, guess who made it? Guess who allowed it? Guess whose plan it is? It's God's. And you know, we have to say, this is the day he made. I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. You see, it's a daily decision. Today, this day, right now, God allowed it. God created it. God decreed it. I must rejoice, and I must rejoice. Be glad in it. We individually need to be thankful. We individually need to direct our praise to the Lord. We individually need to rejoice. And one of the ways that we do this is this. We, 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 we got to make sure that we never get over the grace of God in our lives. Listen, I heard one old preacher say, he said this and I love this. People say that church ought to be reverent and subdued. The most reverent place I know of is a funeral or a cemetery. We do not come to church to mourn the dead, but to celebrate the living Savior. Church should be more like a festival than a funeral. Y'all know why we're here this morning is because our God and our King, somebody better help me preach this morning. He was dead, but he ever lived this morning. He, three days later after that cross, listen, I believe it. It's not some fairy tale. It's not something we just tell Aesop fables this morning. Our Savior and our King, he lived a perfect life. He conquered sin, hell, and the death. And Three days later, he rolled that stone away. Hey, we serve a risen Savior this morning. That's why we're here. Y'all know that? That's why when the worship, it worship shouldn't bore you. Man, it should, when you understand His grace, it shouldn't just be, oh, blah, 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 they're just singing up there. Oh, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a heartfelt thing from you individually as we sing corporately from our hearts to the Savior because of who He is this morning, because of His grace. Let me give you a couple more. Psalm 106, 48. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let His people say, Amen! and praise the Lord. Psalm 151, praise ye the Lord. Praise God, guess where? In His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His power. Psalm one eighteen fifteen. the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Some of you won't like this next one. Psalm 134, 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalm 47 1. Most of you won't like this one. Clap your hands, all ye people. And I know you don't like this one. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. All I'm trying to say is this when we understand the grace of God, when we understand who He is and what He's done, we've got a reason to lift our hands. We've got a reason to shout. We've got a reason to praise Him. We've got a reason to sing. Listen, when we follow Jesus, when we understand His goodness and His grace, it's easy to praise and it's easy to rejoice. Psalm one nineteen one sixty four. 164, I love this one. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And then it goes on to say, the next verse, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Listen, if you're running around offended all the time, start praising the Lord. Praising people aren't offended people. We live in the world of critical people. We're critics about everything. In the world of uh, social media, in the world of knowing everybody's business, we got opinions about everything. Man, mean, we, we, you know, so, we, live in the, we live in the world already where the dumb is allowed to talk. Somebody help me this morning. People that have, have, shouldn't have a platform have one. Listen, we, we've got to understand, if we praise, we ain't easily offended. If we're in the Word, we're not easily offended. If we're always, listen, we've got to look to Him. We understand His grace, and when we understand His grace, it's easier to show grace to others. I tell people that if I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of grace. I know that's not the Baptist way, but I believe it's the Bible way. If I err, I want to err on the side of grace. Man, when I'm constantly praising, here's what I found in my life. When I'm in his presence, I see myself for who I really am. And without him, can I just tell you this morning, that's a nobody. That's a person that deserves hell. Man, but aren't you thankful this morning that he loves us and he saved us and he's redeemed us. He gives us, listen, he gives us so much grace all throughout the day and all throughout the difficulty. Second thing I want you to notice this morning, true joy is not based on my circumstances. It's based on my position. Look at Philippians 4.4 again. Rejoice in who? In the Lord. You see, that's where we miss it. If we're trying to rejoice in what's going on in our lives, guess what? There's probably some things that are going to get us sidetracked. If we're supposed to rejoice in some relationship, man, there's probably going to be some disappointments. And there are. Man, there's disappointments of life. There's disappointments that come in. Those things that aren't like we thought they would be. But we've got to understand our rejoicing and our joy doesn't come, come from that other person. Our rejoicing and our joy does not come from more money. Our rejoicing and our joy does not come from good things happening because Paul had a whole lot of bad things happening. You know where our rejoicing and our joy should come from this morning? It comes from being in the Lord, our position in Christ. You say, Jake, what do you mean by that? We've got to answer this question then. Who is the Lord? If rejoicing comes because we're in the Lord and the Lord's in us, man, what does that really mean? And I think sometimes we we like the idea of that, but we don't grasp the depthness of what he is and who he is. We must remember that joy that we can experience this morning, it comes from the one that's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lion of Judah, the Anointed One, the Lord of Lords, the Author of Life, the Almighty One, the Branch, the Bright and Morning Star, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah and the Christ that came to save us, the rabbi, the day star, the root of David, the everlasting father, the root of Jesse. He's the gate to salvation. He's the good shepherd. He's the son of God. He's the righteous judge. He's the son of man. He's the I am. He's the true vine this morning. He's a wonderful and counselor. He's the Emmanuel. He's king of kings. He's the word this morning. He's the word of God and he's the lamb of God and I can have joy this morning because of who he is. Sometimes we just forget our position. I mean, we forget that his name reconciled a relationship. We were separated from God. Y'all understand that and remember that. And he reconciled. Jesus reconciled that. We were on our way to hell, and now we've been reconciled or redeemed. Turn to Romans chapter 5 with me. We're going to have a little Bible study this morning. Romans chapter 5. Man, I love the Bible. Look at this, Romans chapter 5. Let's start in verse 7. Romans 5, verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure per for a good man some would even dare to die. And the verse I quote behind this pulpit more than any verse in this Bible, but God commendeth His love toward us in that why we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then look at verse 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through who? Through Him. That's the Lord that we're talking about. That's how we can rejoice in the Lord. Look at verse 10. For if when we were enemies, and by the way, we must understand that this morning. Sometimes we start thinking we're better than we really are. Before your salvation, you know what you was? He was an enemy of God. You all understand that, right? You and I were enemies of God. But look, but we were what? Reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Verse 12. Wherefore is by one man, centered in into the world, and death by sin. We talk about it a lot. Genesis chapter number 3. Y'all remember that. The fall of man. It brought it all in. And so death passed upon all men. Why? Because we've all sinned. Listen, we are all before Jesus. We are all in the same boat. Every person that's ever lived. We are all headed to the same place. All right? Look at verse number 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sin after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. There's a first Adam and there's a final Adam. Look at verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is, and I love this, the what? The free gift. For if through the offense of one, first Adam, many be dead, Much more, the grace of God, that final Adam, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by the one that sinned. so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which received abundant grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification in life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Look at this, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. This is awesome. But where sin abounded, y'all see this? What happened? Grace did much more abound. That's the good news of the gospel for us this morning. That sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Awesome passage of Scripture. That alone, thinking about the fact that by Jesus this morning, we can experience grace if we never have. Many of us have already experienced it. Aren't you thankful this morning? Wouldn't you agree this morning that if we know that we have eternal life, we have a reason this morning to just have a little bit of joy? I mean, yes, there's hard times. Yes, there's disappointments. Yes, there's financial setbacks. Yes, there's relationship struggles. Yes, there's cancer in our world, which we hate. Yes, there's there, there there's other health issues that come into this world. Yes, man, I I remember watching loved ones, man. One of the hardest things in the world, I almost preached on this this morning, just the time of year it is. Man, those loved ones that were once with us that are no longer with us. Man, it's hard. It's hard. Sarah's uncle's sitting in the hospital this morning fighting cancer by the acre, stage four, just found out three weeks ago. We've been through it, lost daddy to it. Man, those, those moments you go through that stuff, man, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to have joy in those moments. Man, it's hard to have joy when you're at the funeral home. talked to Jeremy this morning. He said it's been a very busy season for them. He's there now, right now. Man, man, it's hard to sit with those families. Some of you have family members right now and have lost loved ones recently. It's hard to have joy in those moments. How do we do it? How can we? There's only one way that we can. And it's when our joy isn't in those things, isn't in those people. As hard as that is. Our true joy can only come from understanding our salvation and our grace and the mercy that God has bestowed upon us. The fact that we deserve hell, yet He loves us enough this morning to send His only begotten Son into this world to save us. You know, you can't save yourself this morning. If you could save yourself, you could, you could send your, is everybody Listen, you, you can't save yourself this morning. There's only one person that can save you. You know who that is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other God. There's one God, Jehovah God. Listen, there, there, there's only one God. And many people trust you'll hear conversations on TV and on television maybe about how, man, there's many different ways to heaven and whatever path you go down. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by, by Jesus. There's people that will trust in some other God. You may be here this morning and you trust in your good works. Because you're a good person. I'll talk to people having gospel conversations so often and say, hey, you know, what? It, we start talking about those things and talking about the Lord. And, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in the South. We're in the South. Everybody's been in church some and has an idea about what we've talked about before. But, you know, good works, there, there, there's a lot of moral good people that aren't going to spend eternity with the Lord. They're going to have eternal separation. Because it's not about works of righteousness, which you have done. It's by His grace that He saved us. For by grace through faith are you saved. Listen, I just wanted you to contemplate this question. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have true joy. You could fix that. First of all, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, let me just say as boldly and as lovingly and as graciously as I can, don't leave here today without saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that sin, listen, I know that sin, man, brings me eternal punishment. But I understand that you sent your son to this earth to live a perfect life and to pay a price that I could never afford to pay. And I'm separated over here and you're over here. But I want to get over here. And let me just say the only way you get over here is if you go through here, the son and the name that's above every name. Listen, the name of Jesus this morning, it's when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is who he says he is. If you've never done that, man, I got some good news for you. You can get that settled today. I mean, you could trust Him today. You could put your faith in Him today. We'll talk about that in a second. Maybe you're here this morning, you've done that before, and you're still miserable. I see you. Still miserable. If we don't have gratitude, you need to change your attitude. saying. Thankful people are not hateful people. Never met a grateful person. That was hateful. And I've met a lot of miserable people. I've been a bad this pastor for 20 years. Somebody help me this morning. Miserable people, they have one person to blame. Y'all look at me, church. And that's hard because it feels good to blame somebody else. Don't let somebody else steal your joy this morning. That's all I'm saying. Don't let some other miserable person make you miserable. Because you know why misery loves company. Those people that you get around that are always negative, I'm gonna give you, I'm about to give you a prescription that will change your life. Stay away from them. Don't believe me, get away from them. Get around people that talk about how good God is. Surround yourself with people that are joyful people. Men, bring people into your life that don't just tolerate you, but they celebrate you. They don't make you feel. Is everybody tracking me here this morning? See, we make those decisions every single day, guys. You're the only one that can make it for you. You're in the Lord this morning if you're saved. Heaven's your home. That relationship's been restored. You've got a reason to shout, a reason to sing, and a reason to praise. He's been so good to us. If you're on that other side and you've never trusted him in just a minute, and we've got some counselors at the the front of this altar, as soon as we dismiss, they take a Bible. They'll sit down with you. They'll spend as much time as you need. Explain to you, man, that Jesus does love you. You may be here this morning. Y'all look at me. Some of us come in, and we feel like we ain't good enough. You might have walked in this morning, and you look around, and it seems like everybody else got together, and you don't. Can I just tell you, man, listen, God ain't mad at you this morning. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. Listen, and He is calling you, and He wants to save you, and He wants to redeem you this morning. He loves you. He died for your sin. Listen, He died. He wants to to over here separated. He wants to bring bring you over here. You draw nigh to Him, and guess what will end up happening? He'll draw nigh to you. Man, you take a step towards Him, guess what He's going to do? He's going to take a step towards you. Some of us, the reason we're miserable, maybe we are saved, is because it's been a long time since we've been taking steps toward Him. We just kind of over here. You know what I try to do on Sunday? Can I just be honest with y'all? What I try to do, because sometimes I get, sometimes, can I just be transparent? Sometimes I start losing my joy a little bit. Man, I try on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, for that to be those moments where, man, I even when I feel away from them, even when I messed up a little bit, I try to just restore, I try to say, God, I'm sorry. I try to take those steps back and get recharged for the rest of this week. Maybe you need to do that this morning. Maybe you need to say, God, restore. We talked about two weeks ago, created me a clean heart and restore the joy of what? My salvation. Heads bowed, and eyes closed. Let's stand on our feet. Author's open if you need a place to pray this morning. Matt's going to sing.